Good evening and welcome to the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott. At Dre Knott, at Akron Jackson on most of your favorite social media platforms at facebook.com slash A to Z podcast and A to Z podcast.com. Shouts as always to Scene, to the Honeymoon Grill, to Cleveland Whiskey, to American Fireworks for helping to make this thing happen, to you guys for helping it grow. Uh, if you're new here, first, thanks for coming. Secondly, we get excited, we say bad words, we venture into mature slash immature subjects. So if any or all of that is not for you, uh, come back. Oh, I mean, you know, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Guys, stay the Browns have made me man. lose my mind. Be a man or a woman. <laughs> <laughs> the Browns have made me lose had my to... damn mind. Hey, um, <sighs> I had to put an ATB out for you earlier today, man. I was worried about you. Listen, I, I worried needed that. that. that, that, that that Berea swallowed you up all whole. I know it's possible to happen out there. I've seen it happen before. I didn't want it to happen to you. I had to put ATB out. Make sure you were still alive. Can we get a sponsored? <laughs> can we get a sponsored segment? Let's feel bad for Zach. Um, yeah, we need it. It's called it's called White Claw. He drank them all. I am having a White Claw right now, most freaking definitely. Well, if it makes you feel better, I just grabbed a Christmas ale and I'm going to my basement so my wife doesn't keep rolling her eyes at me. So <laughs> if we go in and out, tell me. But, so Dre texts me, says I'm base. almost ready. And I say, all right, three minutes, I'll be plugged in. And he says, make it eight. Jen's making me work out. So now he's running to the Christmas ale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. All that is true. But here's what happened. We were set up to do this early. And we're going to keep it all the way 100. We were set up to do this hours ago, but it didn't go down because – he needed his December nap, and I get that. So then I had to say, so when I was ready, he wasn't ready. So he texted and said three minutes. Well, in that time, my wife seeing me sitting idly doing nothing and being happy. She had to ruin that happiness and said, you should do my 10-minute workout with me. A minute into the 10-minute workout, I get a text, I'm ready. And I have to say that I have to be honest because I'm already sweating because I'm a fat hog. <laughs> all, I'm doing is some, all I'm doing is some YouTube workout that my wife does. Like, it, <laughs> like, it's, like she's walking around the block. While I'm sweating and, and shaking doing planks, I had to text back the truth because there was no lie I could tell as I'm sweating on my phone after two minutes of the 10-minute workout that she does off YouTube twice a day that I can barely do once a day. We're going to Jamaica next month. I got to look good for my pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really was planning on making time to get to the treadmill today, but that nap just sounded too good. And I knew you Sometimes were Sometimes you need to nap. I didn't care. I threw that phone so far across that damn room. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest. And I think everybody that's listening to this podcast, what you just said sometimes can be the best moments of your day or life. When you know there's people that are trying to reach out to you and you're not trying to be mean, but you need that hour. You need that two hours. Yes. And going back and forth with, on the phone with an idiot or a best friend is not worth it when you need to shut your eyes and cut yourself off from the world. So you know I got some, no problem with it. Dre, I, I'm a believer in, in like streaks. Like sometimes things mm-hmm. are going your way and they go. And sometimes when they're not, they're not. Right. So of about the four things that went wrong on my 24 hour Pittsburgh trip, one of them right. was that I just flat out did not bring uh, my jeans. So today when oh. I drove, I had to go home to Akron before going to Cleveland. And so that just, Damn. I mean, I live a great life. It throws you off. Um, it made my day longer. It made my attitude worse. When I left the stadium last night, I door dashed some food um, because I like to eat because uh-huh. I need to eat. And right. so an hour and a half right. later, right. it still wasn't there. And then they canceled it on me. Oh. And then the next guy came. Oh. And he went to the wrong place. And then he delivered me Chinese food, which I didn't want, but I was just so hungry. He delivered my, my right. Chinese food with no fork and no napkins after going to the wrong place. Kanichiwa, back Clevelander, you in Pittsburgh now. You yeah, eat so how I eat with I my fingers. I just felt like I was on one of those streaks where, you know, when it's not going your way, it's not going your right. way. So when I got the stuff done today, I said, I'm taking this nap, and that's what I'm going to do. So, All right, that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. And, and, and this is one of those podcasts, and it's probably that it's happening when it's happening. And we always tell you guys – and this isn't going to be a kissy, kissy, thankful, foo-foo podcast. We did that shit last week. If you need that, you go listen to last week's podcast. But it's time to put on the big boy draw today. But when you bring up DoorDash, you bring up being in bad luck or how bad decisions roll together, it makes me think of the last time I tried DoorDash. It was when we were on, I was on the road with the Indians during the end of the season. Chicago, Chicago bars obviously stay open later than most. Um I probably got just a couple hours of sleep. Hey, let me up, cut you off my real kids. quick Didn't and go. say this. Um, DoorDash right. is a sponsor of, of the Athletic Browns podcast. <laughs> so. Best place ever. It's the best place. 
That's a good podcasting by you. Um, that's a good defense. So you can hear me. You're hearing everything I'm saying is what you're telling me. You're, I'm not breaking up. <laughs> I can't hear it, so break up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just had a tough day one time in Chicago. Well, let me, let me correct you. They were, as of last night at 946, they were a sponsor of the Civilized Barking Podcast. After my email to them at 948, I'm not sure where the status of that relationship well, stands. <laughs> regardless of that. It's a great concept, and ninety-five percent of the time, it works out great. Yes, it really does. It's changed my it's changed my life on the road. But the five percent, and that really, what I was going to get at is about us, about us as people, not just you or myself. I've seen Pretty Boy Dustin Fox getting the tizzy and his hair get all messed up because DoorDash didn't show up on time yeah. when he was on the road. And I get it, and I get it because, like I said, look, and no, no product is perfect. No, and, and DoorDash is great. Like I said, for people that travel, uh, I was even talking to someone that lives in downtown Cleveland last week. It's like it's changed my life. You know, like it was a single guy that lives downtown, does really well for himself, but really can't cook and wants to eat decent food, whatever that may be in his mind. And the best thing that's happened is DoorDash because he gets it. Um, I'm just, I just know that, and I was basically going to say the spoiled brat and Andre not here. A lot of things in life have gone right with, and I appreciate a lot of things that have gone on in my life, uh, but it goes to the laziness of how good it can be. There's a restaurant in Chicago that I just love, uh, and my camera guy, got me to fall in love with it, told me it was the best Asian food I would ever have, Asian fusion food I'd ever have. It was. I had it. It was so good the night before that I wanted to have some for lunch or take it to lunch to the ballpark. And they showed up. to. They supposedly – I was on the phone with the guy. And this is a one-time thing. Uh, I was already running late. I was already behind. I was in that bind of do I need, I need to shave, shower, get my clothes ready, and try to eat all within like an hour and a half, two hours, which is possible. But if anything is off, it, the day's off. You know what I mean? One of those situations. And, of course, the food never showed up. And when it did show up, I would show up. I was on the phone with the guy, and the guy goes, yeah, I'm at your hotel. I'm going to leave it at the front desk. So I put on clothes. I go downstairs. I go to the front desk, and they, sir, they say to me, sir, we don't let people leave food at our front desk. Sorry, it must have been the wrong hotel. <laughs> and I had no food for the whole day because yeah. of that. Yeah. Because I, it was just it, – it was and like – and before DoorDash, I would have just got my fat, lazy butt up, and I would have walked somewhere and had food. But DoorDash is – um, been like the rest of my life. It just fits in well, and I get to be the prince, the, the prince that I want to be. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to do um, what you got to do, and and you take the risk, right? But you're willing to take that risk. Absolutely. Like, like you said, it's the my best risk thing, ever. When I go to Pittsburgh. Up. I'm going to eat Permani, right? So, right, as I'm finishing right. my work at the stadium, I'm like, I'm doing this. It's a 15 minute ride back. I'm getting this. I'm going to eat, and I'm going to, you know, finish the rest of my work, and I'm going to go to bed, and whatever. Right. Um, right. But think about but think about what Uber and, and, and Uber Eats have done to our, your life on the road. Like, and I'm not. This isn't one of those. But like, I know I from from traveling and knowing what traveling is like, especially for writers. Um, that I like. I mean, the one the, the crazy great thing that I have is that I get to if I if I can time my stuff out right, I can get a ride to and from the ballpark every night, and that's huge. Writers don't have that capability. Every person in our business doesn't have it. So when you're on the road. You're depending upon somebody you've never met to drive you there, drop you off, and to feed you. And when it all works out, it's got to make your job 100 times easier. Yeah. Um, look, the rain sucked. The DoorDash experience sucked. Uh, all that sucked. <laughs> I still had a way better day than Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> yeah, that didn't take much. That so, didn't take much. So there's our, there's our transition. That's, there's a good transition. And I got to say to you, if there's one podcast, that loves you guys and tells you guys the truth and upfront more than anyone else. And there's one person in this world that has mocked the t-shirt economy and in, in, in the colony of them in Cleveland, Ohio, and Northeast Ohio. It has been one Zach Jackson. Yes. And your two worlds collided come Friday night. And I got to say, we all did podcasts. There were articles, Terry Pluto. We were all talking about, I went on some podcast or I went somewhere and said, hey, if we've killed Freddy Krueger, Kruger, if, if we've killed Freddy Kitchens for the, you know, for the, for the, for, for the first eight weeks of the season, we got to give him love in these these last three. And as all of us were saying that, and as all of us were writing that, my man put on a T-shirt and said, fuck it. <laughs> so, yeah. So I don't want to spend too much time on this because no. it's not a point of outrage. And it certainly was not a turning point in the game or the season. Um, it's a symptom, guys. It's, it's a, a microcosm. Sign. It's a microcosm. Yeah, a microcosm. It's... 
all of this. Friday night was Black Friday. I was dead sober. <laughs> I was actually out working on I was working on a long-term project. And I was awake and I was outside somewhere. I can't wait to tell you guys more about that project, but anyway, as I walk I had about a 3 block walk back to the car from where I was. Friday night. Oh, is this the pro- wait, do I know about this project? Do I yeah. know about this project? Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait till y'all hear about this one either. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, my bad. Because this is what you said. Now it's all coming together for me because I'm trying to place. And this, everything you said so far is true. I, yeah, honor. Right. <laughs> so I, I start seeing these these texts and these screenshots, and my reaction mm-hmm. is 100%. I'm not surprised. Right? And that's bad. <laughs> right. Right. You just made the statement. And we don't have to talk about it a lot, but I do think you just, you just said it so well. Um, and I – and usually nine times out of ten, if an NFL coach is in a picture and you send it to me, or if I send it to you, the first thing you always say to me is that that can't be real or that's not. Or my buddy, or Rob, my buddy, you know how Rob is. Rob is instantly like anything on the internet I don't trust. Like he's that he's that old school. Like just like he's like you know how people fuck with pictures. But when you sent that to me, and I said we saw it, I I instantly was like, oh yeah, that's real. Like, I'd never question. And, like, if that was, I don't know, throw a, let's just throw a random head coach, Frank Wright. If that was Frank Wright, would you, you would instantly be like, I don't know, he's smarter than that, right? Mm. Bill O'Brien. If somebody sent you a picture of Bill O'Brien with a shirt like that, you would probably – I mean, there's a handful of guys that, that, that you would be like, maybe. But there was no doubt in our mind that Fred, that was Freddie and Freddie saying, fuck it. Now, I got two things on it, and I don't want to go into it a ton. On one hand – it's it was stupid and look it's not a big deal and if it affected third downs or fourth downs and the players of our teams have way bigger issues than a t-shirt let me say that part first um you know like if you're a professional player and you need that to motivate you then then you're in the wrong business i get it it would piss me off if i was on another team and i'd want to shove it like they wanted to shove it but it shouldn't change it the other thing i gotta say and i want to say this the right way um it's kind of a shame at the same i'm gonna stand up for freddie in this weird way it's not the smartest thing to do. He's 45 years old. He should know better. But it is kind of a bitch that he can't do what normal people do. Like, some of the best stories we know about, like, Doug Deacon and, and back in the day is the word of mouth of the story, right? Um, you know, like, hearing it word of mouth and having sitting around a table and the, the old schoolers breaking it down. And, and, like, not – I just feel like social media, at some points, it's like, Freddie, he is a human being. He does have the right to go out with his kids and wear a stupid T-shirt. He should have been smart enough to zip up his coat. I mean, but, like, I just hate that sometimes we have, we, all of us, and it happens It happens to Zach, it happens to me. Hell, I was in a grocery store the other day before we did our podcast the other day, and some random dude shook my hand. and was like, hey, I know Zach Jack. And, like, I wanted to be like, and that means you can shake my hand? You get what I'm saying? Like, he had a Friday night. It was his birthday. He's wearing a T-shirt with his kids. It's not like he's, he's Charles Manson. And it's stupid. And, and what, what, I guess what bothers me, Zach, and I guess I got, let me put it this way, is what happened to that line? Like, I, I get that it's cool to get a picture with the head coach of the Browns. You're excited. You're at the movie theater. But you're a dick that you run right to social media and throw it up on social well, media. We, we, we've Why lost everybody... that battle years ago, though. For... I, I, but, I, but that doesn't mean that that still shouldn't be pertinent in part of the conversation. Well, okay, he wore the T-shirt. Let me say this. Jesus fucking. Normal people don't get paid $4 million by a billion-dollar industry in a hyper competitive, okay, represent, okay, okay. represent that organization. I get it. Okay. Really a whole city. I get, are we gonna put dollar signs upon every decision no, that we but, make? Though? But, but Dre, what he was doing is <laughs> mocking the incident that got one of the best young players in the NFL suspended, right? No doubt. I'm not calling him smart. I didn't call him smart. Yeah. So look, look <laughs> and, 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 and you know, <laughs> this is one of many reasons I didn't want to do this podcast. And I said, all right, well, we got to do it eventually. <laughs> This is my. I told my him to get thing. it out of the way. I, no, people, you guys got to know. Zach didn't want to do this podcast. I go, nope. We got to get it out. It's like my son's got a little sickness right now. It's like, son, you got to cough this shit up. And you got to work it out. We got to work it out. So go Look, ahead. I, I am not high horse. I am not old man. I am not outrageous. I am not anything by saying that the head coach and the quarterback, and by extension, those closest to them, have an obligation to act and carry themselves differently than the people in Section Five Seventeen. That's all. That's and the one, and the two that, yeah, and the brown, and the two that the Browns have at those positions act like the guy that sits in section five thirteen. Correct. They do, they do, and that's, and I know that makes them the part of the gets us crew and everything else. 
Well, you know what that's going to do? And it's a line that I've heard before many of times. You know what? When you start playing towards the get us crew, you, you know what you become? Yep. You become part of that group and no longer the, the guy that's the head coach or quarterback. That's correct. It's just it, my, my, my grandfather gave the, break, the greatest phrase towards this, and I was talking to my daughter today about something else, and we're talking about a poem. She's read, so she can read and it's scaring the hell out of me. She reads better than me already. That's a joke, but she can read really well, and that's the only brag I'll do on her um, because it's scary when your kid starts understanding words and sees words and knows and can read your text now, so I got to really keep my phone from her. Right. Like they're asking me about words. They have no business to even try to figure out how they, how they sound. And she's teaching her brother, who's a hellion himself, and I love him because he's me, um, teaching him words. And it's just like, so I'm going through a, a different phase at home. And the word opponent came up today. And she wanted me to explain, uh, you know, because I was like, hey, you can only be, you know, like Grandpa said, your greatest opponent is the person you look at in the mirror. And she was like, well, what's an opponent? And I had to break down to my seven-year-old going on 50-year-old daughter what an opponent was. And in my life, all that matters is, you know, kids, beer, uh, and brownie football. I instantly thought, well, I got to bring this up on the podcast because at the end of the day, a line that I used to say a lot on this podcast, but I've stopped, the Browns' biggest opponent since 1999 has been who they look at in the mirror. And the mirrors must be funky out there in Berea, and they must be showing them something that the rest of us don't see because they remain their biggest opponent. Yesterday they went into a game, and I know the, the outrage, I love the, the Cleveland Browns outrage. Sometimes it's sadistic. Sometimes it's really ridiculous. Most of the time the anger's pointed in the wrong direction. But there's obviously passion. And I think that's why we all hate to love each other and, and love to hate each other. I think love to hate is more. We all know that, like, like everybody jumps into the, the way who they want to blame and how they want to blame it. The Browns' biggest opponent is themselves. Not Mary Kay Cabot, not Tony Grossi, not Scott Petrat, not Chubby Grossi, not Daryl Ryder. Chubby Grossi is Zach, by the way. Um, none of those people, not Jason Lloyd. It's the Browns. It's themselves. They ruin every wet dream all of you have for any season. Whether it's Rizzo's, what was it? In the, what were they called in seventeen? The season, the good karma season. What was it like? Remember what this? I can't remember the season when they won some games under Pettin and still screwed it up. The season of dreams. Like they get all yeah. Season of dreams. That was the one. Thank you. <laughs> whether it's the season of dreams, whether it's the ten and six season in 07, whether it's getting to the playoffs and sixteen years ago, uh, when your when your owner had just passed away and you have this passionate run to the playoffs, the opponent that the person that keeps killing and embarrassing the Browns and making them the joke of all jokes. It makes all of us fight amongst ourselves. It's the Browns. They do it to themselves. It's embarrassing. You chuckle. You, but at the same time, it, like, we, like how many different ways do you want to write this story? Like the, from Friday night, well, not even Friday night, from Friday night to, to Marius Randall, who's in a contract year, mind you, a guy that I think most of us, despite him being ridiculous on Twitter, but who is it nowadays? Most of us had Demarius Randall's back. He didn't buy you all those tickets to that Lakers game or the LeBron game when he won or lost or whatever the deal was. But he still made himself one of us. He got us. See what getting us gets you? Because see, a lot of us didn't make it because we did stupid shit that didn't allow us to make it. And then these guys do the same stupid shit, and they're going to be doing the same thing as you guys. Like, what, like how in the biggest game of the year, you're a veteran, Demarius Randall. You're a veteran that needs to make money. That this is, you only get this opportunity so many times. You get 16 games, you've already missed three, four. You've only played okay once. The last time you played, you got thrown out of the game and lost money. Yeah. Discipline is one of those scary words that probably for most of my life, I cringed at because it usually meant that I knew I had to be better, smarter, show up on time wear the right thing, say the right thing, cut your hair, wear the right clothes. But being disciplined is what winners do. Being disciplined is how you make it from point A to point B. Being disciplined is not always the cutest and funnest and sexiest thing. But you know what it fucking does? It helps you win. It helps you look better. It helps you look prepared. There's a reason why discipline matters. And in every sense of that word, the 2019 Browns aren't disciplined and they are their biggest opponent once again. And the t-shirt companies, it ain't their fault. 
they're just bo- they're they're doing the same thing we're doing. They got to stop tweeting. Try to make a couple though. dollars. <laughs> they got to stop tweeting. Oh, that's it. That's the That's what I don't want to talk about because that's embarrassing. <laughs> and when you make your when you make yourself the story, you've already made yourself the story. Walk away. There's a huge fire in your backyard. GV Artworks and Greg, you know I love you, and I know this is gonna get back to you. I've known you a long time. Shut up. Shut up. Everybody's bought your stuff, man. You've already won. Everybody's got your shirts, bruh. It's, you don't need to tell people it's national. We know it's national. We cringe when it's national. You know why we're cringing? Because my mom or my dad or my uncle or my cousin or my friend that was at this event or that event is like, isn't that your friend or isn't that that guy you know? And you're like, yeah. Nobody wants to do that around or on Thanksgiving weekend, bruh. Let hey, that shit go. Make your money and walk away. Pro sports specifically, but in general, presentation matters, right? Mm-hmm. We say it. And when it comes to not just rivalry games, not just big games, to which the Browns are clearly new and two years ago. But in general, <laughs> like when you're the underdog, when, when you're the yeah. Michigan of the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry and you're the bitch, okay, this is that's, that was nice, Richard. But right this there. isn't this isn't just Brown Steelers. This isn't Cleveland Indians. This isn't Cleveland State. This isn't Manchester A's. Any level, right? When you're getting ready for a right. big game, Andre, this 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 was when I was a bad player on irrelevant middle school teams decades ago, and this is now covering the pros. What you do internally when these games come around is you fire up the troops, right? And you mm-hmm. you prepare mm-hmm. like crazy. You tell your guys. We know it's going to be dirty. We know they're dirty. We got to strike first. We got to do this. We got to handle this. And then when it comes time publicly, you shut your mouth. You don't dress like an idiot. You say the right things. We have nothing but respect for them. Of course, they have a great program. Of course, they're this. You go there, and then you don't get to say a word until you win. It's Trophy or Jordan Face Society. It is what it is, right? And, and, they they had a, and there was a there Jordan face on you your head coach. A shit burger from Duck Hodges, who's throwing lob passes in part because your <laughs> best safety is left at home. According to Freddie, that didn't matter because they were down the sideline. Oh, and he took, my and then God. he took I out his, these and then he, play. I know. And then, well, how about that though? And it's a small thing, but it's very telling. And that's why you can't, you as a leader, you can't talk like the running back coach. Yes. And if you listen to me and if you know me, you know that I've stood up for Freddie. I stood up for you. I hate firing head coaches. I hate reading about it. I literally, it's a side, because I always know it never, it's, it's like pulling a Band-Aid off. I was a guy that always wanted to pull it off slow and fill every in. But when you really should just yank it off. They have, like, I don't like talking about head coaches and, and, and firing them because I know the job is so hard. There's so many elements that go into making a great coach. But if you can't do the elementary elements of the job and get your team ready and not embarrass yourself and do little things like that. But Zach, someone after the game, there wasn't a transcript emailed out. And I'm going to be an asshole right here and say, it's funny when everything's going good, the Browns will email me every freaking quote that's ever come out of Berea. But on tough days, those just don't come out. I I mean, like, and I don't want to take a shot, but I'm taking a shot like that. that, That's minor league. This is me talking, Zach. This is not – it's minor league. Don't be that team. Don't be that person. No matter if it's good or bad. Like, I get them all the other times, but really not yesterday. Anyway, that's just, I never do what I just did, but I had to do that. Because that's ridiculous. And that once again shows majoring in the minor. Whether you get your ass kicked or whether you freaking win the Super Bowl, be consistent. Be the same person. Be the same team. It's not that hard. But it's, it's, it is in Berea. But I hear the head coach, when someone, said, when someone said, though, they said, well, not having Demarius, did that hurt you in the passing game? And rather than just say, hey, Demarius wasn't here, we needed to play better in the secondary, we're going to work to be better, I basically heard, I don't have verbatim, I basically heard, well, no, he plays in the middle of the field. They beat us down the outside. They beat our corners. So because you just got your ass kicked, you throw your cornerbacks under the bus? Like, like to me, that's not leadership, Zach. It's a small thing. But, like, for me, I, like, and, and I think I have an idea of how players listen and see shit and how players' wives, friends, dads, moms hear shit and what gets back to said player. So when you yell, when you say that about me in the media, 
What do you think those corners are going to say when the first time they get a chance to really say how they feel about their head coach? Or what do you think they're going to do when that head coach asks for a little bit extra the next time? Well, then, but, you know, some of these guys, some guys, not all, but you're going to get a couple guys that are going to grumble, hey, man, fuck you. Last time you threw me under the bus because you and Demaryius Randall can't get along. You, know you can't do that as a leader. You know what struck me, speaking of leaders? The two guys who were yawning at Mike Tomlin in the first game were the first two to bail yeah. from the locker room yesterday and didn't want to speak. Yeah, that's, that's a great point too, sir. Very astute. And yeah. I agree. And, I, and those are bad people to have the leaders. You can't have, you can't be, you can't be on the front of the bus laughing and, and blowing back and blowing kisses and shit when things are good and then go hide when right. things are and bad. Let me, let me tell you another uncle Zach story. Like the Houston Texans wearing the SWAT gear last <laughs> night. It made me roll my yes. eye. I wanted those kids off my damn lawn so bad. Right. Uh, you and Jeff, you and Jeff Schwartz or whatever, but go ahead. Yeah, but, but listen, <laughs> I didn't dive into the Twitter fight cause I'm smart enough. And then they won the game. And then tonight, yes, they I'm did. watching the, the, the Seahawks guys come in in pajamas. And I know, but this yes. is what they do now. So I'm saying that, that I, I don't want this off my lawn. I understand it. This is what they do. Guys understand. Right. And, and this is the first time in 20 years of the Browns that I can remember every game that there's people, there's paparazzi stand under the tunnel. Yeah, they're waiting. Right. And, right, and I've wait. been, I, the first game of the preseason, it struck me. And then when they're two and six, it struck me like, oh my gosh, get me out of here. <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah, they're still doing it. I'm saying I, I don't mind it. Like, this is what these guys do. They embrace it. They've earned this stage. Yeah. And whether they're pimping right. basketball players, or, cause, yeah. or right. just their own brand, they've all earned this right. But you got to stand yeah. up and answer for it. And you cannot yeah. just run from this shit when it doesn't go right. No, you, yeah, you can't flash your watch and flash all your new pink shoes and everything else and all your sparkles at 1230 or at 1130 and at 430. It's like, part of the deal. Like that's part of the brand too, bro. We watched the last three and a half hours. We know, like, and, and I've heard. And this is a. Um, I want to ask a question, but I don't want to ask a question because I don't want you to give away everything. We, we pick and choose. Like I, I've, I messed up and tweeted during the game yesterday, and instantly was like, Zach, why don't you remind me? You told me to take the day off, so I almost gave you the finger. Um, we we pick and choose things that we tweet during games. You have a different role, obviously, than I have during an NFL game, or especially a Browns game. But when Odell caught the ball and instantly turned to the sideline and started woofing, I mean, that struck me. And it obviously struck you because you tweeted about it. And you don't tweet about every single play, but you tweeted about that. And I've heard in some circles, and I'll be honest, I don't have a true answer just yet on this. And I've heard in some circles that people, some people would like to see him go all Ocho Cinco, all T.O., on the, his quarterback and coach and say, get me the fucking ball. And I've heard, and, and I, I will say, when you talk about lawns, you start doing that. There's going to be some people that are going to go tell Odell to get off their lawn. I will give Odell this. I've actually was standing up for him today and I can't believe it because I'm, I've never been a huge proponent of him. I think he's an unbelievable talent and I can't believe he's like, the, like basically Freddie Kitchens has become the Dean Smith of Michael Jordan. Like, the running joke for 25, 30 years has been, like, the only person that could keep Michael Jordan under 30 points was Dean Smith. Well, the only person that could keep Odell Beckham from averaging 120 yards a game is Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield. Like, I, so I'm, I'm literally, like, for two weeks, three weeks, I'm like, no, don't blow up Odell. Because he's played the game perfect, right? He comes in with this bad attitude, you know, comes in with some of the baggage from New York, and we all kind of go back and forth on it. And the New York side was, hey, the team, the guys in the locker room love him, but upstairs he drives you crazy. And we saw bits and pieces of that. But there hasn't been one thing out of his mouth to the media to make him look like a bad guy. It's almost like he's come here and he's just like and, – and yesterday what he pulled was, was juvenile. Um, come on, man. That's juvenile. You, you, but when he did react on the field, Zach, I got to say, I've been against all those people saying we need him to have a T.O. moment. And I li- literally was like, yeah. Tell them, don't be the ball. I'm open. Like, what are, if we're going to throw the ball this much, stop messing around with the six nine tight end, the basketball players who can't keep up. Stop throwing. Stop throwing it to, like to the Carlson. I, nothing against any of these guys, but if the ball is going to go in the air, give me ten chances with that guy, please, please. Like that's not that hard. Like this team is so frustrating because it's not that hard, Zach. <laughs> like. like I, I was saying that to you for the first month of the season. Man, right, they so get beat by strategists. Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, they traded for Odell Beckham, right? Mm-hmm. And at midnight that mm-hmm. night, we did a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And we said, man, mm-hmm. like, 
if this offense ever clicks, like there's pieces, right? Because they're going down the mm-hmm. field. They got the underneath guy. They got the running back that's about to break out. Like it's all there. But we said, man, yeah. there's a reason that the Giants traded this dude for relatively nothing. You're right. Right? You're right. And th- th- this yep. isn't a victory lap um, because no. you know, we, we don't have the answer for why they can't get the ball down the field. <laughs> and it's probably not just one. Well, they can't block. No, yeah, it's, but it's, it's probably possible. not just that because they don't even look. They don't even try. And when they well, do. Well, yeah. Well, let me keep your thought because you're right. But here's the thing. What bothers me is no matter what internally they have as an issue, they haven't shown us the way outside of it. Like, it's, it's hard to watch him at 1 o'clock and then turn on the 8 o'clock game and see DeAndre Hawkins with way less talent around him. And off. Matter of fact, with running backs that were with the Browns for the last two years, right? right? And you see DeAndre Hawkins, yeah, or DeAndre, you see him, DeAndre Hopkins. He's, he didn't have like 10 for, but he had five for like 68, and they were huge, right? They came in big moments against the New England Patriots, who we couldn't dare throw the ball to them, too. You know, what, Steve, to you know is, what Stephen Gilmore had done the previous two weeks? Shut the guy out that he covered, including Amari yes. Cooper. Yes, right, right. So he's good. I'm giving him credit. But yeah. it's like when you're one of the best, and, and I see Hopkins up there with Odell in ability. Now, Hopkins, work, I don't want to get into what I want to say. He's got that type of talent, and it takes a coaching staff. And, hey, I'll even go this far. When healthy in New York, he didn't have much around him, and they found a way to throw him the ball eight to nine times. You there are the, ways. Your quarterback yeah. is the number one pick in the draft, and you have now right. lost to two guys, Brandon Allen and Duck Hodges, that got cut mm. on August mm. 31st. Mm. Mm. Let me ask you, can I ask you a question? It's not loaded, so don't take it that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, and this is like, we've seen Josh Allen. I was listening to a diff- uh, earlier, I was shaving, I was listening to another podcast. And they were talking about Buffalo. And I won't say whose podcast. If you figure it out, you can tweet me. And it struck me because it sounded very much like us and many others last year about the Browns. But they basically said they were going over the games of the week, and they were like, hey, you know, Dallas and and Buffalo, um, you know, the defense swarms, a lot of no names, but they know they got their quarterback going forward. They're like, Allen's not – he doesn't have it all figured out. And we talked about it in our last podcast, I believe. I'm not saying that you can't say Baker's your guy going forward, but is it more worrisome? To me, the record is a record. I expect them to win seven, eight, nine games. If you listen back, not not doing a, a, a whatchamacallit at all. I just always saw seven, eight, nine wins. But bigger than seven, eight, or nine wins, Zach, I have more questions about Baker Mayfield most likely going into 2020 than I did going into 2019. That's bad. Well, look, I mean – and we did this too. This was supposed to be the year that that Miles, Demarius, and Schobert all got their extensions, right? Right. We weren't sure exactly how it was going to go in the passing game, but they were going to score. They were going to be great. And like twenty twenty, they weren't going to be great, but they, like twenty twenty was going to be the year with real expectations. Now we don't know who the coach is going to be, and we know the GM right. and the quarterback he picked are going to be squarely in the, the crosshairs. Yeah, crosshairs, hot yeah. seat, whatever. Right, like. Yeah. Listen, guys, this is a it's a difficult game and it's a difficult league. And if anyone should know that, it's us in Cleveland. Talkers, fans, season ticket holders, players, coaches, whatever. <laughs> right? It was never going to be easy, <laughs> and it's not going to be. But we clearly laid out that if this team didn't make the playoffs, it was a disappointment. And I think regardless of what angle you're looking at or listening to this from, you have to say that it's been – more disappointing than you could even imagine. And it probably stems from all of the off-field shit. The receiver not making plays but saying the NFL's out to get him. The coach being a complete disaster on and off the field. And the passer who provided the hope and allowed you to go get this receiver and thought that all these things would come together and all these guys would get their extensions and all this contention window would open has a rating of about 72. It's a hard yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, I had to open that up because that is – there's so many different ang- angles I could go from. I, now, do we know for sure Joe Schobert, Schobert – and I, we got to have a talk about him too. Did he really tweet out or retweet vote for me um, for the for the uh, Pro Bowl after that game? I, I, I don't know I, that, I, I but he would fit right in with the rest of the team if he did. He just don't seem like he's that type of guy. Right. But I did see it out there, and I don't know if it's true. So well, nobody. Do we know any? I, I, I guess another question we can ask after Demarius Randall and Miles Garrett: Do we know any of these guys? Right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. 
Good point. Good point. Um, no, we don't. We really don't. We really and let's don't. be honest. That goes for all of us. And please um, understand I hope that, that there's a slim chance that they give a shit about you either. I'm not trying to make this personal. I'm not trying to make this worse. Like, right. some of no, the defending of these guys, right? Like, it's right. just amazing. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I'm totally with you. Like, I, like, we all have to understand our place in life. Um, that's why your family matters. That's why Thanksgiving should have been more important than Saturday or Sunday. This past week, I, even though most of us put more into Saturday and Sunday, me included, <laughs> but, but Thursday and Friday should have been the more important days, not Saturday and Sunday. Um, I just think this is when you just look at the well-oiled machines in the NFL, the Baltimore, San Francisco game. I got to tell you, the NFL did Northeast Ohio and Browns fans across the nation a favor and not letting them watch a real football game uh, that mattered to two teams on Sunday. The Ravens-San Fran game wasn't perfect, wasn't pretty, it was in rain, but damn, it was a good game. Like you, as, a, as if you were a 49ers fan, you didn't like losing, Zach, but you went away from it with, with your chest stuck out a little bit of, hey, we went to Baltimore and we gave them everything for 60 minutes. I hope we see them again. You know, like that's, like that's all Browns fans are asking for. But you can lose, but you don't got to embarrass me. <laughs> like, you don't have to, you're like, why are you going to fuck up my whole weekend? What do you like? Well, there's fights amongst Browns fans before the games even start, and then the fights continue because we can't figure out who's worse at what they do at their job. And rather than just being mad at the team, we start fighting each other. Like I literally feel like Don King sometimes on Sundays at one o'clock. Like cause I just sit there on Twitter and you just watch people fight, and some, and then you get the trolls that just pick at them a little bit and, and get it going back and forth. And, and I'm not even talking about the people that get paid on the radio to do this because they don't get paid enough to really know that they shouldn't be playing like little children. But I guess when you pay them like their kids at a part-time job at Chuck E. Cheese, they act like kids that work at Chuck E. Cheese. And they go on Twitter and they talk about things. They have no idea what they're talking about either. And we end up with just this huge car accident and a big dumpster fire. And rather than figure out why we keep getting this car wreck and this big dumpster fire, we just sit around and yell and, yell and rage at each other for two hours and point fingers back and forth not realizing that the people that have set this all up keep making money. All right. So this is going in a really depressing <laughs> circle. I mean, everybody's <laughs> So let me ask you this. All right. Okay. Have you made up your mind about whether you think Freddie should be back next year or not? Oh, uh, you mother. Um, I realize that's not a fair question, and I would not want you to ask me that. Nah. Damn it, I just asked you that, and you've been talking for most of the last 37 minutes, so I'm going to let you answer <laughs> I know. I know. Um, um, I mean, it's pretty obvious, but but no, not yet. I'm going to tell you why. I'll make it easy. I'm going to stick to my guns on this. I don't trust the people that pick and choose who to run the team Yes, have all the capabilities to find the right people. So, to me, at this point in time, as bad as Freddie is and as dumb as he can be on Friday night, and as much as I would love to have a case of beer with him after the season and just sit and just be two guys at the corner bar and he just lets it all out, I don't trust the next move. Zach, can you if, – if you just have a couple minutes, I won't ask you the same question. But I'm going to ask you this question since you cover the team. Off the top of my, your head, can you tell me the three, the, the final three candidates for the job of the Cleveland Browns going into the biggest year they possibly ever could have with all that we've already talked about, whether it be Miles Garrett, Schobert, or, or Demarius Randall, or it be Baker Mayfield and, and, and Mr. Hunt and getting OBJ. Who are the final three guys that the Browns brain trust that had everything to do with what we're watching right now? Who are the last three coaches they decided to talk to about this job that was so important this such an important year? Well, Freddie was last. Right? Mm-hmm. He last. Mm-hmm. Is it, this is what you're asking Correct. me, right? Who, who the finalists yes, were? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, who the finalists? Um, it's been widely reported, but I'm not sure ever confirmed that Kevin Stefanski, the Vikings O coordinator, was, was one of them. Who was, yes, who was had only coordinated like, 10, 12 games before that, I believe. But I, when you ask a third, I'm not sure who the third would be. because if you're... Uh, they, well, you, well, I'm glad you say it that way, buddy. You didn't even know where I was going with this. Okay. Well, you know, in the NFL, they do this really cool thing where you just have to talk to somebody that's not white. Uh, <laughs> yes. So who's the black guy that they just 
hey, we got to talk to a brother. Didn't they bring in old dude that was with like the Colts? Uh, he's like the nicest guy in the world, but knew everybody knew you weren't hiring him. Um, who is the guy to follow Tony Dungy? Help me out. Oh, uh, Jim. It doesn't Caldwell. matter. Jim Caldwell. I, was it, yeah, was it Caldwell? I don't yeah. know. It doesn't matter. It makes my point. If you, if I gave, I, I tweeted this to somebody that was bitching about OBJ earlier today, but I'm gonna take it up a step further. At 16, when you're at Manchester and you're probably still five one. There is no way in the world Reggie Jackson was going to hand you the keys to a Lamborghini. That's right. Reggie Jackson handed you the I keys to a Honda. I had a 1988 Nissan Sentra, and I beat the fuck out of that thing among various mailboxes and other people's cars. And everything. Yeah, and there was a reason why Reggie gave you that. I, you know, I would, I would hire Reggie to do the last fucking three games. He'll wear the same fucking outfit as Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He'll vape so much. It can't be good for his health. I don't know. Um, Do you know how great it would be to see your dad on the sidelines and CBS keep cutting away because he's vaping and cussing out the referees like it's a Saturday in Pittsburgh? No, I, listen, I'm glad you said it like this because we're going to have time to talk about this because my, I, I would say exactly what you said on one hand in that there's been zero proof that they can get it right. And when you add that – to the layers of all the uncertainty and change and restarting that a new staff brings, you know, where do you really go? Right. Right. The flip side of that is the flip side of that is this. And what I'm going to say is, is that Freddie continues to do little on and off the field to show that he's fit for the job. And I don't know Kevin Stefanski. I know what he looks like and I know his background because he was a finalist for, but unless I'm completely forgetting, I've never met the guy. I have never followed his career. Right. But I will tell you from talking to people while this was going on, um, you know, because he was fired in October and then the formal process itself went for over a week and everybody knew this was going to happen. I can tell you that the presentation or or that the old guard NFL, the thought was that Kevin Stefanski is in the mix because he is an Ivy League guy, because presentation matters, as we always say, and because the face Mm -hmm. of the franchise is supposed to do things differently. None of us uh, know. None of us with spreadsheets or blogs or any, or podcasts or any of, the, of us know how it would have gone or how he would have implemented things or who his defensive right. coordinator would have been or what he really told John Dorsey or Elliot Wolf or Paul De Podesta. But that was the thought, and that's a real thing, guys. We see that it's out there. So yeah, we will see where this goes. But I was listening yeah. today and wow. driving from from Pittsburgh to Akron and Akron to Cleveland and Cleveland to home. And two different shows pose the question of what has Freddie really done well? And off the top of this head, Ooh. I could say using Kareem Hunt. And I really got to yeah, stretch that's good. to do the others. So, look, uh, in 11 yeah, months yeah. on the – today's December – yesterday was December 1st. So, in 11 months on the job and 12 games, Freddie has done a whole lot of not much to prove that he's right for it. The team is completely <laughs> immature. The team – is wholly disappointing and embarrassing. Can they all grow together? Or do you need to pull the plug and make the change and do everything that comes with that? I don't know that the next four are going to give our answer. I can tell you it's a real shitty spot for an organization to be in, and you don't get there by accident. Talk to you next time. Yeah. Kanichiwa to all you fools that buy T-shirts. There'll be another one next week. I had more to say, but you're right. I talk most of it. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. We'll be back later in the week after Zach takes two more naps and eats two chicken sandwiches from from uh, from Popeyes. I There's not something had to what yet, you by just the way. said. I think it's time, bro, because you already broke down. <laughs> I think you you should have did it. You, you well, you still got to drive to Cincinnati, so you got to, you can do that there's, when you go past. There's my house. not one on the way home from Pittsburgh. There's just not one. I know. Some. I was thinking that as I was saying it. No, there's not. Well, anyone here the kicker to all of this? Yeah. I shouldn't even say this. I'm going to the game this next Sunday as a fan with the family. Not my idea, obviously. You know, you know what and... my friends are singing. Five dollar football. <laughs> <laughs> five dollar football comes before five and eleven. Oh, no, they hey, better watch out. Shout out to you guys for listening. I think it was Mikey, but I forget. And I was reading some tweet threads. Uh, as I was sitting there waiting Ooh. for the post-game podcast. Ooh. They were talking Ooh. about how it might go off the rails. G- given the maturity or lack thereof of this team, how it might go off the rails. And I think he tweeted, well, the one positive is we still – Andre singing 5-11 is still in play. 
<laughs> we love y'all. <laughs> but I'll get nervous because I was like, ah, oh, we're good. And then I'm like, oh, sh- it could happen. It's not going to happen. Is it? I don't want to say the one thing I texted last night. But as you know, and everybody listening knows, whenever a brown season gets off the rails and you think you've hit the bottom, you haven't hit the bottom yet. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's December second. I mean, we're the ones right. that, we're the ones that coined December and Berea. We know it's perpetually December and Berea. And when it really gets here, you start to get a little nervous. Hey, a gift Preferred card from American yourself. Fireworks would make a great gift. Uh, next time during the week, we'll play Glory Days, sponsored by American Fireworks, and give our obscure Browns Player of the Week, presented by Cleveland Whiskey. Thanks to you guys for listening. And, wait, 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 uh, wait, wait, wait! Time yep. out! Time out! Time out! Time out! Time out! Time out! We can give them five more minutes. <laughs> talk about Ohio State, Michigan. Talk, talk about Ohio State, Michigan, with me, please. Give me five minutes of your Ohio State, Michigan take. Because okay. you know, when all you, these you know, when you were a kid, and um, you'd watch WrestleMania, and it would go back and forth no, for a couple of minutes, and then right. um, a, yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. Randy Savage would start <laughs> to take control, and when he climbed that turnbuckle and sized up that elbow, that you just knew it was over for the other guy. Well, Michigan hung around for one quarter, and then they fucking got that elbow dropped on them, and everybody in the stadium knew it was coming. Everybody in the world knew it was coming. And all they can do is make excuses. So I think Ohio State's pretty well, complete. Um, I, I can't guarantee they'll win the national championship. I believe they should be the one seed, assuming they handle business this week. I believe they'll be the favorite. And they're just really a lot of fun to watch. And, and you know, Fields is still getting better. But, man, they can run it so well. They beat on you on both lines, and then they get that lead. The receivers can run by you, and that defensive line can pound the piss out of you. They're really good. All right, you just won the Chris, uh, the uh, the Ken Carmen part of our audience just fell in love with you, and they're gonna go buy the athletic or buy it for their dad for thirty percent off this week, or maybe it's just today. I don't know. I'm making shit up. I need a new hat. Um, that's a great assessment of Ohio State, and I think that's pretty much what we told them on the podcast. What I said on the podcast would be close for a half, and then they blow them out. Um, I gotta get like the Ryan Day thing. I'm afraid to talk about Ryan Day because, well, he's been handed he's been handed the keys to a Lamborghini. And at 40 years old, somehow he's realized how to keep it between the lines and shut up and not make himself part of the story. Amazing that a guy can do that with that much going on around him, you know? <laughs> a guy in his 40s gets handed this talented team, and lo and behold, knock on wood, he has a, he's kept it right between the lines. He's, he's drove the speed limit. He put on his, he put on his uh, you know, he got right in the car. He put his sunglasses on, made sure he buckled up so he wouldn't get in trouble. And it's so amazing. He didn't wear his – look at the comparison hey well look at the comparison look at the comparison and it's, i didn't even realize it until i started saying it's it. fine like ryan day who who is ryan day no offense to the guy but he got put into a great situation and all you know all he did kids all he did was act mature all he did all he did just was not be drive the worth car the just yes. drive that's the all car. you're gonna do you can be stupid and still win some of the some of the most some people that have some of the best lives ever are dumb as hell. They're smart enough just to keep it between the lines. Think about that, kids. Stay between the lines. That team is so talented, it's so fun to watch. I want to see them play a close game really bad, Zach. But I don't because I don't want them to lose, and that's our last impression of them. But I do want to see them have just a battle royale with LSU. I want to see a 45-43-45-42 game. Um, I think, like you said, the crazy thing about the talent on this team is that it hasn't even hit its peak yet. Like, none of those kids that, that we're watching, whether it's Fields, whether it's Chase Young, like, you can go through all the stars. Like, the one linebacker, the, the Harrison kid, he, they're not even close to what they're about to be. <laughs> you like, like, they're so freaking talented. So you can see that in some of the corners, the receivers. They're all babies. Um, but what I had to get at is this. The Michigan side of it, and shout out to the CPO. I got to do two things for the CPO. Um, after I railed him and killed him, on this podcast like he deserved about getting his, his, his company a part of the Rectory Connect um, Foundation event. He did do that. It took him a little while. He's probably still hung over with his white belt on his pants and growing out that terrible mustache that my kids will never see him in because it's scary and that mustache just shouldn't be worn by a grown-ass man uh, in 2019. So my kids will never shake his hand or see him until he cuts that shit off. Um, he texted me because he actually went to the game uh, this past Saturday. And he was like, and we're the same age. And he was, and the one thing he texted me, and I know I can say this out loud for him, because he is a CPO. 
he was like, Dre, these kids don't get what Ohio State Michigan is like we grew up with. He goes, like, we used to grow up, and no matter if Ohio State was 10-0, 11-0, when it came to the Michigan game, we were worried. Like, we knew that you could lose. He goes, even the Michigan kids know they got no chance. He goes, you know, it's like it takes the fun out of it. And I read something on The Athletic, and I'll leave us on this, and I'll shut up because I've talked a lot, but I appreciate it. Christmas ale is good when you drink it right, boys and girls. I'll say it this way. Like, somebody wrote in The Athletic, in one of your national college football writers, and it was a great article about Ohio State, Michigan. And he said the, the worst thing that happened to, to Michigan was the day that the NCAA caught Jim Trestle lying. Because Jim Trestle versus Jim Harbaugh would have been fun and would have probably been, you know, like it would have been like Woody, Woody and Bo. Yeah. But when you let Urban Meyer turn this into an SEC type team, Mr. Harbaugh ain't got a chance. No. And in most situations, you would say Harbaugh's got to go. But I'm going to say to you guys out loud right now, I don't think there's anything better they can do. This is what Michigan-Ohio State is right now. They got to ride this shit out. They are, like, if, if they don't want to recruit, if they can't recruit like Ohio State's recruiting, because as this article said, Ohio State is, is now, they're not, they're not recruiting Big Ten. They're recruiting against Clemson, Alabama, uh, Georgia, right? There's nobody, and maybe Oklahoma, not even Oklahoma. Like, those four teams, and you could throw on Penn State on some, and Michigan isn't in that group. And Michigan wants to claim that they're not cheaters. Like, they can play all that shit they want. If they were winning, they wouldn't be saying that. But if Har- Harbaugh is what he is, Zach, and winning nine, ten games, as it said in the article, and I, I thought this was perfect, for Michigan fans, you'd rather know that you can beat, you know, you don't have to worry about sweat out Northwestern Purdue and Iowa, and you just take your ass kicking the last, you know, the last day of the last Saturday in November for however long because that's better than going six and six worrying about trying to beat Northwestern and Purdue. Well, they also got their ass That's kicked by mean. Wisconsin and Penn State this year. Oh, I'm aware. They got so embarrassed <laughs> by Wisconsin. Wisconsin was playing its backups yeah. midway through the third quarter. Yeah. How has a rivalry become this? Because it's a rivalry. Like, and then the players. The Ohio State players come out and just basically say, it matters more to us than them. We know it does. Right. And like, it, it's, it's like I, as much as I love it, it's a little weird to see a hundred and some points put up back to back years on Michigan. And they really had no bark at all. It was not, a, it, it was like watching. Now nah, I was going to say, Hey, shout out to Kent state bowl eligible six wins. That's great. That means we'll lose the coach next year and go back to being one and 12. That guy can hey, really we'll coach. take it as we get it. Sean Lewis. He, he can, can. Really he really can. Yes, he, can. he really can. All right. I, I rambled. Thank you for letting me ramble right. on Ohio state. Um, I can't. One request as we get out of here, 11 minutes after I signed off. <laughs> And it's not by my book. Yeah. So if you know where their Popeyes yeah, is yeah. between Pittsburgh and Akron, please send me a direct message. Talk to you soon. <laughs> you ain't going back. Oh, you are going back to Pittsburgh because you got to watch your brother every weekend. <laughs> Sign off. Hey, my man, Talk my, to you guys my, later. Hey, hey, mine and Lodi is always ready and ready and always ripping ready and no line. Come